Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the After Buzz TV Fear the Walking Dead After Show. What an exciting night. What an exciting episode, guys. What do you think? This is my favorite episode, right, so far. It was ominous. It was downright ominous. It was so eerie and unsettling. And yeah, no, there there was some good action, but at the same time, like, the storm is still coming. It's... It's really exciting. It's exciting stuff, yeah, no doubt. So uh, this is the AfterBuzz TV for the Walking Dead After Show. Yes. I am your host, Ben Bateman. This is the third episode of the first season titled The Dog. I'm joined by three wonderful co-hosts and a special guest we'll get to in just one quick second. Yes, yay. Our first panelist, Miss Kristen Carroll. Hey, guys. Kristen Carroll, come at you. <laughs> we got Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey guys, Ashley, Ashley Chapman. Chapman tweeted me. Ashley underscore Chapman. Yeah, let's get the conversation going. Excellent. And if you guys have watched the first two episodes, and I'm assuming you have, you may recognize Mr. Lincoln Castellanos. Yes. Tobias on the show. Hello. Hello. Team Hello. Tobias. Hello, everyone. Yeah. How you doing? How you, How you doing? How's the couch? I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, the couch is very comfy. Good. Thank you. It's very, very warm. It's very welcoming, as you all are. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank That's you so much for coming by. This is incredible. You're like ground zero. You're patient zero. You're actually there. Mm-hmm. You're around right all there. of it. We yeah. gotta thank Stephen Lemieux, who's not here today, but yes. he hooked it up. Thank so. you. Yeah, Stephen. it was really Woo-hoo. awesome to step in there and do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a pretty special episode tonight. Before we talk about it, I do really quickly want to remind you guys: please uh, go and, and rate us, review us on iTunes. It helps us stay high in the ratings and helps us do the show. Obviously, the better reviews and the more ratings you do, the more people find out about us. We can keep providing free content, which is awesome. Right. Secondly, I want to remind you guys to check out Dance Battles uh, with Maria Menounos and Derek and Julianne Huff. Uh, it's on ABC. It's going to be epic. Set your DVR. We've been talking about it for months. It's coming up. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It's it's eight families. What is it? Chosen to come to L.A. and battle. So that's going to be great. That's fun because their Instagram stuff was hilarious. It's very really? good. Yeah. And then it's fun it especially because you, like, you go back on Instagram look at them, like some of the AfterBuzz family is in there, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we need, like, a Fear of the Walking Dead dance battle. Yeah. We need, like, some Walker dance battles, you know, yeah. going on. Like, that'd be really Thriller. Epic. I'm just yeah. going to put it out. I don't dance, guys. I don't dance. I'll, uh, I'll judge if you want. I can <laughs> no, you're not getting away that easy. <laughs> Everybody can walk or dance. Right. Right. Exactly. Everybody just do the thriller dance. Yeah. She and her brother are dancing at all times. I actually was at the uh, the red carpet for the Creative Arts Emmys yesterday, and they walked by, and I, I swear to you, they weren't talking to people, and they were like, you know, they were like, we have to get inside, but I swear to you, they were dancing the whole time. <laughs> they were kind of like shuffling as they ran out of the corner. So. That's uh, awesome. 
So yeah, let's uh, let's get right into the episode. Yeah. Let's start to break it down. There's there's a lot going on here. I would say so so. Yeah, I think topic one is probably the the barbershop escape. We mm-hmm. we open up with uh, with Travis and and Daniel and his family, and they're packed into the uh, the barbershop, the makeshift, soon to be burned down uh, riot refuge, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, and then they take off in a truck. So, what'd you guys? What'd you guys think about this? I was surprised because I think last week I or the week before I made a prediction that they were going to all, you know, be <laughs> separated, and this would be the moment that Liza and you know Travis would would have their whatever moment. And that was not it. They were like, "Oh no, this place is burning down. Let's get out of here." So I thought that was really interesting that they. I wouldn't say it was a cliche move to make, but I thought it was interesting that they did something that we, I think, as an audience, might have expected them to do with that, you know, given that they were kind of in a secluded area. But they took them out into the madness. So it was great to see just them from the beginning of the show just sort of being out in the madness and seeing them deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely give them credit for, like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline going out because yeah. uh, it, it was, there are so many zombie things that like everybody chooses to just hunker down and stay in one place while the zombies you right. know congregate outside so it was really cool to see them exit and make a break for it and just see tiny snippets of like people actually becoming zombies um because that's not what everybody thinks is happening. Right. You know, everybody's caught up in the riot, but there are people dying yeah. and becoming zombies, and no one's no noticing yeah. in the chaos. No really, it, was, yeah. it was terrifying, so it was really cool to just see, like, the quick snippets of it um, before they made a break for it. But I will say, probably a little unrealistic that their truck was just fine. Just, yeah, no <laughs> broken windows, nothing, not flipped over. I mean, over. even on a normal day, yeah. <laughs> very, very East easy. LA, it's always yeah, East LA, yeah, very, it's up in the air. Because it had been hours, right? They said that's what you yeah. said, two hours. Ago, three hours ago? Yeah. So it's been quite a while. Now, do they film things out of sequence? Were you around for any of the filming of this episode, or do they film everything all together? More or less everything is filmed out of sequence. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there on set when they were filming anything from this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I was present for whatever they were shooting for the pilot and the second episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everything was yeah. new to my eyes. Okay, cool. That's why I was really excited about watching with you guys, because I was experiencing this episode and everything in it for the first time. So you don't get a full shooting script. You don't know what's going to happen. No way. No. <laughs> the, the way when I was shooting for the second episode, I was receiving only the scenes I was in. Okay. okay. So even in that episode, I wasn't really sure what was happening, you know, with Travis's side oh, of nice. the story, with, you know, with story B. So I, I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, I get to say I'm on the show yeah. and I still get to experience it as a fan. Because I was a fan way before Walking Dead was on TV, you know, reading the comics since, right. you know, before mm-hmm. 2010. So it's an exciting world and it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of it and then to still feel like, like I'm just on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. <laughs> How do they do that for the table reads then? Do you, is that when you get to hear the whole episode for, let's say, uh, episode two? Well, it's funny because when I was cast in the pilot mm-hmm. everything moved fairly quickly mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll make the story short I got the audition for the 
show on a Wednesday evening. I had the audition on a Friday morning, and that same Friday evening, I got the part. Wow. And then I was shooting on the Monday. Jeez. Wow. Crazy. So so it moved so fast, so quickly, that when I was meeting everyone on set, they were asking me, I didn't see you at the table reading. Yeah, I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) There I am, you know. That's awesome. That must have been a crazy exciting weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. When I got the news... I actually took a, a bus home to surprise my parents Aww. back home, so they were over the moon, and then I had to leave because I had to get fitted and, you know, get to work on, on, on my sides. That's so That's cool. Great. Yeah. That's such a cool story. So then, I guess, in comparison to other projects that you've worked on, where I'm sure you probably had a lot more information about the project going into it, how has it been for you sort of filming and sort of going on and creating this character, Tobias, without really having a whole lot of information on the other characters and, like, what what's going to happen next? It's so much fun. It's so much fun because... The truth is, all the information I need to know about Tobias is actually there in the script. It's in the small details. Mm-hmm. When we first meet him talking to Madison in her office, you know, he's looking down a lot. So right off the bat, we know he's very introverted. He's very shy, very much a social outcast, uh, very awkward amongst other people. But he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's on his way to college. And she doesn't want him to mess any of that up. But then we get to know the other side of him, which is... You know, he's very much scared and paranoid about what he's been seeing online. So uh, it's been really fun to bring that element in to my performance yeah. and then to, you know, trust in Adam Davidson, the director of the first two episodes, and I believe this one as well, and to really have nice conversations with Dave Erickson, the showrunner mm-hmm. and executive producer. It's been really fun because I've been able to put my spin on Tobias and yeah. still honor what the writers and Dave have put in since the very beginning. Which is great, and you're doing a terrific job. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was. I thought it was a really interesting picture. You guys were mentioning just a second ago as they were running through the city, and there was obviously people getting their faces ripped off at the same time that there was you know pillaging. And um, it's a very interesting picture of civil unrest and what would really happen because if you if you just take away the few shots of people eating each other's faces and then the riot here actually shooting people. Replace that with rubber bullets and take away, and it's just the picture of what would happen if, let's just pretend there was a crazy earthquake, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fault yeah. line broke open or something, and right. there was and everything was crashing and the power went out. You might actually just see that scene, and well, there's no zombies, and and they're really, it's an interesting opportunity for them to show us what that might be like right. in a very dramatic way. Well, they had the riots in the uh, 1990s as well. I I just saw Straight Outta Compton last night, so that's like fresh in my head. All of those pictures as well, um, that it was very reminiscent of something like that that happened. Yeah. Too. So I'll, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty unusual. sure this is how my mom thinks LA is all the time. Yeah, <laughs> she's mostly right. I mean, I know we we joke a lot about it, but I mean, I honestly do think about you know what would happen if something like that with that scene that happened tonight in tonight's show where they're just seeing all of the power go out. I know we've mm-hmm. had rolling blackouts, and you know we've had some yeah. some blackouts here and there, but mm-hmm. nothing to that level where it was very catastrophic. And I mean, an entire city is yeah. completely wiped out. And the way that LA is made, I mean, the only real, real reason that we're able to survive here because it's kind of like a desert area. It's because we have power. It's because we have water. It's because we have all these resources that are draining into the city. Yep. So when you take that now away, 
you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I black out for a few hours and people are, are going crazy. I can't get on Facebook. You can't get on Instagram. You know what I mean? Because I can't imagine that adding on to people dying, just how we would all deal with it if we were in that position. I had that thought the other day when, uh, well, tonight and, and the other day, just like the, the thought of what happens when power and internet goes out. Mm-hmm. He says, I called my cousin and he's going to come get us in the morning. <laughs> well, if, if you gave the address to your cousin and his MapQuest went out on his mm-hmm. phone or his Google Maps or whatever he's using, <laughs> I'm going to be totally real with you guys. If you were like, here's an address, it's in this neighborhood, but you can't use an iPhone. I would be like, uh, I guess I'll drive around. Follow the Big Dipper, yeah. And hope to find it. Maybe I'll get there in a couple days. Like, I don't know. I mean, How do people find things? I do. It's like, you have to use a grid. There's maps, I guess. Compass, yeah. Do you guys own a map, a physical map anymore? I have one dusting up in my car. Yeah, I have one in my car. My parents forced me to take one in the car on the road trip down here when I moved here six years ago. And I probably, that's the last map that I... And maps are hard to read, you know? They're super hard. Okay, we're getting a little far but yeah. did, did you guys find it weird at all that um, so they okay they notice that the place next door is burning down because there's rioting right mm-hmm. and they see the the like plastic on the wall start to bubble up they hightail it inside 60 seconds don't you think they would say okay it's getting a little warm in here but let's we're gonna make a break for it let's fill up some backpacks let's take you know these scissors anything we need maybe there's a weapon like it wasn't gonna burn down like that and they didn't even they just took off they I mean we did see them putting on jackets and stuff, and yeah. earlier on we saw um, Chris. I think it was Chris um, playing with the knife. Right. Yeah. So I you don't know exactly what they took with, and something tells me Daniel seems kind of like you know a Tobias, where he kind of gets what's going on, yeah. yeah, and that they're in trouble. So I would imagine he probably slipped some knives or something in a oh, yeah. pocket or whatnot just to be smart. I thought it was funny though when they tried to go out, then all of a sudden all these people, people just ran in. And I'm like, well, that didn't work very well. That is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really interesting that um, they. Actually, I'll save that for a little later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna, we'll still stick with where we are. We'll stick with where they are. So, uh, so yeah, they get out. They get into the street. There's crazy rioting. There's there's cops using not rubber bullets, and there's a fresh truck. They get in, but Griselda gets like a structure on her ankle first. She's yeah. she's a goner, right? Well, I, I, that was my prediction last week. If anybody was going right. to die, it was going to be her more because I didn't see her at press, <laughs> you know, <laughs> press events for anything. But, um, yeah, from what it sounds like, too, what Eliza was saying as well is that it's not going to end well for her. It's right. just you, you can't have a doctor. What I was kind of surprised at, and I know you're there, it happens so quickly, when they drive by the hospital, there's all these people running out, including doctors and stuff like that. I mean... Of course, I'm watching, and I can yell because I'm watching from myself and be like, well, just tell a doctor to get in. We'll save you or something. I don't know. We've got a hurt woman, and I'm sure nobody's thinking that yeah. except for me on the sofa. It's like dramatic and slow-mo, you know? Yeah. It's well, easier when you're sitting on a sofa. Well, I mean, the cops are there, you know, shooing, every people, uh, shooing people along and then also shooting at, you know, deceased patients who are coming out. Um yeah, the the whole thing, like, even if they did manage to grab a doctor without any tools or medicine, yeah. like, how much can they actually do? But we see them in The Walking Dead that they're able to kind of make do, or if somebody had a first aid kit or something. Yeah, but mm-hmm. usually, like, they have to make some sort of pharmaceutical run as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you can only do so much without the proper tools. Yeah. It's one of those things where you just have to spend <laughs> your disbelief, you know? You yeah. can't ask too many questions, because after all, it is zombies, so... You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I just sort of felt in that scene, I just took from it that, 
you could really sense the panic that mm-hmm. everybody was feeling, you know. And panic, of course, makes you just do things that under normal circumstances you wouldn't do. So I'm just really, really feeling that that, yeah. that panic there. I, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I think the show is doing an honest job of depicting what we would do in that situation. Right. It's easy to, you know, be watching it from a safe distance on the couch and the TV yeah. and saying, don't go there, you know. <laughs> don't right. go in there. What do you mean you right. left the shotgun shells behind? Right. Right. I know, but, but then if you really truthfully try to put yourself in that position, there's mm-hmm. so much panic and fear yeah. that yeah. I think truthfully you wouldn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But you know what, sh- you know, not to go backtrack too much, but shout out to Tobias for last week <laughs> for really sort of stepping he up in that it. moment, you know, and really, you know, taking it. I mean, and of course, we, we can't ask, obviously, what will happen next for your character. But I mean, like, just as far as is filming that and just sort of seeing those character traits with Tobias, sort of stepping up and, and being kind of more of a big dog in that scene, are those... Are those things that we can expect to see a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for, yeah. that's a that's a good question, <laughs> and your guess is as good as, as good as mine. All right. Um, well, what I answer. will say is this: it's been it's been really fun to introduce t- Tobias as somebody who is very much when you look at him, you have immediate thoughts and you know, predictions about him, and yeah. to suddenly ha- uh, see him thrust in that moment mm-hmm. to save. Madison missed to see. It's really, really awesome mm-hmm. as an actor to have that quick transformation yeah. and the hopes of that continuing into something, you know, physically and psychologically mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. You know, to, to see him potentially morph into somebody who was going to be more of a badass or, mm-hmm. you know, a warrior in this new doomsday apocalypse. It's exciting to think about, but, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. For, I'll keep my fingers crossed. for me, right. it was like watching him in like the previous episodes. He he reminded me a lot of you know the the Greek figure Cassandra. You know somebody who saw the future coming would try to tell people and nobody yeah, listened. Yeah. And so like him like having these predictions and then being able to accurately predict everything that was going to happen and then slowly seeing that unfold is just been it gives me goosebumps because the second like the power started rolling out, it's like. He called yeah. it. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. So you see all of these. Um, they're not cliches. They're just they're stereotypes in, within the genre. We talk about this a lot, and this is a great opportunity. This show gets to play on, you know, countless hundreds of hours of different kinds of media that deal with zombie lore. And so one of the things you always see is every one of these movies and books. They always say, "Well, first they herded us into these places, mm-hmm. and in those places, we, it was the easiest access point, right? So right. You, it's hospitals, it's gyms." Obviously, airplanes are the perfect travel tool. In the midst of it all, you have Travis, who's he's your he's your stereotypical lead character, who's level-headed and trying to use logic, but like emotional balance to be like a good man and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting as you notice he says things like, you know, um, he has that whole "wait until it's all over" attitude, right? Wait mm-hmm. until we get rescued. It's like Shane in the first season had the same attitude. <laughs> like yeah. this is classic. And then eventually, there's this tipping point that happens. What I'm wondering is. How much is this show going to play on those stereotypes? Because, like, Daniel, for instance, is a character where I'm like, okay, you're another stereotype. You're the, you're kind of the older, wiser, noble, more, like, sort of family-oriented guy. The Herschel. Yeah, yeah, but you're like, what if you're just evil? What if you're actually just a bad person? And they're kind of alluding to something a little darker. Mm-hmm. His cousins aren't his family, uh, so you don't... I mean, not that that's a bad thing, necessarily, but, like, you know, it's, the daughter seemed a little bit, like, uncomfortable about that. Who are these people? And then he says, it's too late. 
could mean that we're all screwed. It could mean there's something else coming. Like maybe they were trying. I don't know. It's just I'm wondering if this show is going to take some of those things that we're, we're trained to believe about these characters and flip them on their head. Well, because Daniel also knew to go for the head immediately. Yeah. And, and I doubt it was just from those couple hours in the barbershop where he's not even looking out the window the, window the entire time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That was actually my my initial question because mm-hmm. even even these people who have seen zombies, you know, they ran one over with their car, yeah. uh, and you know they they've seen and when she went to the school, you know she right. she saw the principal and he was a zombie and he attacked her. So um, presumably we we've assumed that Daniel and Griselda and Ophelia haven't seen any people acting like this. Yeah. So you know, with the exception of the stuff that's been on the news, so the fact that he stepped up immediately and knew exactly what to do that says a lot. It's like, have you seen more than you're letting on? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just and speaking on those stereotypes, I agree. I think there's a lot of stuff that I think we, you know, we can kind of say it's cliche-ish. You know, um, particularly it's derivative. Yeah, that's what it is. Very derivative. Yeah. Um, but in regards to Travis, I think that this is for me. I interpret it as the beginning of his arc and his development as a character. And you know, props to Stephen from last episode. I think he had called it how. He and Madison are now going to have conflicting views on what to do in these situations. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, you know, take them out. If we need to take them out, let's do what we have to do. Whereas he's more on the beginning Herschel side where, you know, he was saving all those people in the barn because he really wanted to find a cure for them. He wanted to help them. So I see that that is now, I can see how that can cause some conflict and some opposition between the two of them. But I can also see it, the beginning of an arc for him where him he realizes, okay, if I'm going to lead this group, which I would assume that he will be the leader of the group, he's going to have to think in a different way. It's a new world. I mean, the world's over at this point, so mm-hmm. it's different. It's a different game. Different rules apply now. Well, there's definitely this tipping point, right? And it's it's when you begin to apply the logic of risk versus reward, but not just in like a this is going to benefit me. Not in a who matters the most. If do you mm-hmm. matter the most? Just yeah. your own survival. Does your wife and your child? Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Her foot gets broken. They drive past the hospital and they just deal with the fact. Okay, we're not going to deal with this this crushed ankle yeah. of an elderly woman. That's because we can't. And that's just a small sacrifice they're making, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen it happen with, obviously, Rick as his comp from the first season. And Rick goes totally nuts as the season goes on. I mean, he just says things like, no one's safe, you're never safe, it's just you take care of yourself, to his, like, 10-year-old son or 12-year-old, however old Carl is now. Yeah. So I do think that's very interesting. And you talk about the arc. When is that going to happen? When's yeah. he going to transition, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll be honest, I'm surprised that there's as much infrastructure left. Yeah. As the, you know, um, granted, we're still in the early stages, but I wasn't expecting any sort of authority to come in at any point right. during this episode. So it was very interesting to see that when daylight came, that there was still some semblance of order. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking of speaking of that and getting to that, let's let's jump from getting to the house before obviously the cavalry shows up. Where we'll call it Peter and Susan, maybe Peter, Susan, <laughs> yeah. and, and the dog. Monopoly time. Oh, yeah. that poor dog. That poor puppy. It's the so, worst. Did we ever deal with zombie animals in The Walking Dead? I'm trying to remember. I know they did it 20 years later. No, but um, in the last season, where they had the bunch of dogs, that was it. Looks like they were going to attack them, and yeah. they used that almost as a teaser, like zombie dogs. And it turns out they just killed the dogs and ate them. That you yeah, know, it was just. 
Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Walking Dead is strictly humans only that this yeah. applies to. Mm-hmm. Um, that the zombies will eat animals when they're hungry enough. But um, but yeah, for the most part, especially if they're making noise and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's humans it only. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any animals have had it. We haven't seen any, right? Did you no. think of any? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, uh, Z Nation does a lot of zombie animals, but um, but Walking, Walking Dead, Dead, no, it's strictly humans only. Yeah, no, thank goodness it's just humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Birds everywhere. Like, Can you imagine a walker horse or something <laughs> crazy coming at you? <laughs> oh, no. Zombie bear, right. zombie wolves, zombie tiger, <laughs> zombie shark, like, oh... <laughs> Well, 28 days later, you guys remember there's the scene where the bird, it's when, uh, is it Brendan Gleeson? Or? Yeah, Brendan Gleeson's character. And he gets crow. the, yeah, the drop in his eye, drops off the crow, and then he turns it the rage virus. So they totally do it in that world, and that's mm-hmm. obviously came out at the same time, and Kirkman apologizes yeah. for that when he writes the thing. that it, Anyway, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, so they get in, and there's just this whole scuffle, right? They get attacked by, by Peter, the neighbor Peter. I'm wondering something, and, and this you, maybe you guys have an opinion on this. They keep saying, he's sick, he's sick. Oh, no, don't worry, she's sick. He's sick, she's going to be okay. We know him, he's a good person. It's like, how many times do you have to see people eating a dog or someone's <laughs> face, dripping blood from like their mouths, and lunging at you before you're going to stop just like putting your hands up? Like, what? The, I don't get it. I mean, I understand that we know more than, than they know as the mm-hmm. audience, and that, that annoyed some fans. Yeah. But I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, come on, guys, you're smarter than this. He's not sick. And obviously Nick pointed it out, but... I think because... Specifically, at least with Travis, um, with Travis's situation with it, you know, we see Madison. She's already killed somebody, and Nick's already been in it the most out of everyone. And I think Travis, even though he's seen it, and they ran over the guy with the car, I just don't feel like he had an attachment to it until it was somebody he knew. And that was the same we saw with Madison, you know, last week with with Artie. Was that it was somebody she knew, and she's like, "Are you feeling okay?" And yeah. I think there's still that. Hope, where it's like, can you find the cure to figure out how to get them? You know, is it worth killing them, or, or is it with Susan, where it's like, well, if we just keep her in her garden cage, right? If she can just hang out there till we figure out what's what exactly is going on, and if we can stop this, like, it, it sort of makes sense. I I think Madison probably should have stepped up a little bit more with the Peter situation, just because she had seen it before and she knows that he's going to attack and yeah. that's not going to happen right. but it's probably still a big state of shock and she hasn't told Travis about that yet either I yeah. fe- I felt like when they were standing there looking at Susan towards the end that she, she would have said something yeah. but she doesn't seem to say a lot of things to people so mm-hmm. it's not too surprising yeah. she keeps things to, uh, to herself she keeps yeah. it close to the chest yeah, yeah. um for for me, uh, this was this was actually a question I had while we were watching it, while the riots were going down. Was like for a world that doesn't have a word for zombies, at what point do you realize you're in the zombie apocalypse? Because this is a world without Romero movies, yeah. and so right. they they have no concept of somebody coming back from the dead. Um, so at what point, you know, when as this is happening, do you realize the full implications of what it means? Yeah. To have, you know, the world being taken over by zombies. I, I felt similarly as a lot of the audience did about that. But I just sort of took it as this sort of represents a lot of what 
people, some people really feel. There's mm-hmm. a sense of disbelief that a lot of people have. They don't want to accept that this is the end of the world. They don't have a word for zombies, so they don't want to accept that this is what's really yeah. happening. So you have to rationalize it in whatever yeah. way you can. You have to rationalize it, but I think for them, they they feel like they that we can get through this. You know, we're humans. We're strong. We can get past this. No, well, it's just a little, you know, cough and cold. Obviously, not that <laughs> that bad. We need yeah. to be too. Like we learn in history, there's been plagues and stuff like that where thousands of people have died, and you go, okay, is that just one of these moments? And mm-hmm. like you said, when you realize, and they're only in day two now yeah. Yeah, of when we first start of it, so I feel like they're not going to know until a little bit later. I think some people, obviously, like the Tobiases and the Knicks and Daniels kind of realize this is a legit thing. I think the rest of the world is going to take a little bit longer to catch on. Well, yeah. and, and we are in such denial when when disaster strikes. Mm-hmm. We always think, oh, it can't happen to me. It can't happen to it can't happen here. That's never something that will happen here. Oh, it'll happen somewhere else in the world, but it'll never happen to me. Right. Yeah. So, a lot of people just even in real life are just in denial about that until they can't deny it Close anymore. Right. right. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around something you've never seen before. Yeah. I think that's what the show's doing a really good job at. You know, yeah. it's about the shark you don't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the terror you don't know that's yeah. around the corner. So to try to, well, to, to suddenly have it presented in front of you, you've never had that experience before, so how do you react? Mm-hmm. Do you panic? Do you deny it? Or do you quickly accept it because, well, maybe you're letting on more than you should, and maybe you've seen it before like Daniel has? I mean, he grabs that shotgun right away from, from Madison, and he takes care of business. So, mm-hmm. so obviously he's, a, he's more aware of the situation than Madison and Travis. And somebody like Travis... You look at how pure and good-hearted he is. So I think it's better now. Well, watching it as a fan, I think it's better now that we see that struggle with his humanity and him trying to hold on to that. It's going to be all the more heartbreaking when he does finally have that arc and that turn into somebody, hopefully, who makes it out. But, you know, he's, like, completely changed. And and going off of that, since you mentioned that you were a fan of it, Walking Dead, before the show, you've read a lot of the comic. So you you have a lot of experience with The Walking Dead. So how has it been for you working on this show? It's obviously, it has a very different take on the iconic Walking Dead story. So what's it been like for you working on this type of show where we get we get to see sort of the beginning and we get to see something a little bit different than what we're used to? <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to check the hashtag for Twitter. She's so excited. It's like that. It feels like that. It's up on you. This whole experience is just Tobias, what did you bring with you? Yeah, No, the experience has been absolutely incredible. I mean, as a fan of the comics of Robert Kirkman's world, it's, it's very exciting. And as an actor, too, it's very humbling. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity that uh, Dave, Adam, Gail and Heard, uh, David and Greg, you know, gave yeah. me to put me on the show and to trust me enough to play Tobias and to see the reception be so positive from the fans and followers and everyone watching. Um, it just speaks to how good uh, Dave Erickson and Robert Kirkman work together on presenting this new spin uh, in in this world, you know, yeah. we get to see we're on the cusp of civilization ending. Yeah. Whereas in The Walking Dead, you know when danger's coming. Like mm-hmm. you can see it a mile away. Here, with the walkers being the way they look, you know, they're, they're not walkers yet. They're not decomposing. They're mm-hmm. they're just they just look really pale, and you know, their eyes are you know bloodshot. 
there's there's just something off about it. Yeah. But you don't really know right away to see that and then to put that in front of people and to have that deniability and yeah. that, you know, you just can't wrap your head around it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very exciting, I think. I think people are having fun, A, like yelling at the TV and you <laughs> <laughs> can't do that, you know, like we you should lot. know. But we don't know until yeah. we're in that situation ourselves. So I think it's seeing that play out in this show has been fun to, to watch that. Great. You know, because I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and, you know, I know, you know, I say I know what I would do if I was in that situation. <laughs> like, what I would have in my backpack. Someone right. asked me, like, on Twitter, it's like, what would, what would Tobias have in his backpack? Or what would you have in your backpack? It's like, I have ideas of what I think I would have, but mm-hmm. these people are reacting in such, you know, extreme ways for getting shotgun shells, yeah. you know, not... Leaving the door open. Taking, yeah, right. Leaving the yeah. door open, you know... That's real. Uh, coming this close to somebody saying, no, no, you're just sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> down. You know, it, it it may come off a little bit silly, but I really think, think that it's how, just... Yeah, it's real. Yeah, that's just how we would react. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they're doing a great job. So to see that in this show versus you would never see that in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, if anyone's like, you need to calm down, and you're like, <laughs> limbs are falling right. out, it's like, no, you need yeah, to calm Yeah, right, exactly. Well, it's, it's, I was going to say, it's a very interesting point you make, which is that, like, you know, six years ago or five years ago when we started with The Walking Dead, we were coming at it from this point of view of let's let's take exactly what Kirkman did with this comic when Darabont came up with it, you know, I want to do this. And he was like, I'm going to do it as close to the comic as I can and keep it a little campy, but mostly, like, very, very intense. Now, five years later on the fourth showrunner, obviously, that show is way more intense and dark and, and serious than it was in the beginning. That transitioned perfectly into this show. And I think it's really interesting when you when you talk about how does great television and great films, how do they become what they are, right? You look at this property and you say, The Walking Dead, of course this is going to be good. You mentioned Gail Ann Hurd. Gillian Hurd worked on Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I do a show on Popcorn Talk. We just did Aliens this week, and that's a 30-year-old movie where the gore and the character design is so incredible, you're like, this could be made today. The Alien Queen looks like it came out yesterday. Oh, so, so good. It's yeah. amazing to think that this, is, this woman who... It's just incredible when you look at like the quality of what we're watching, and, for, and we take it for granted now, because yeah. we're so far into this genre. But I mean... It's being created by people that have such a love, such a great taste for fantasy and science fiction, and it, it's just, I mean, it's executed so well. So it's wonderful to see, as civilization devolves, you have the right people devolving it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so, and it's so much fun, yeah, to, to be on board with this with the show under their guidance. And, and Gail and her, she's very lovely, she's been very kind to me, and you're absolutely right. They are so passionate about this world, this genre, yeah. this story. So I think, you know, anyone who hasn't given the show a chance, do should it. definitely give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. it's in good hands. says that stuff. Absolutely. And Lincoln says so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's continue in the house here. They get attacked. Uh, Peter takes a shotgun shell to the face, eats a dog. Um, <sighs> that's obviously Heck sad. Of evening, right? Animal cruelty <laughs> always brings a tear to everyone's eye. That's it's right. like it's, it's just a it's classic in our dog. culture. You can't, you literally, it, like you can watch... Ten people in a film get Didn't murdered, murdered yeah. but you watch a dog get killed, and it's honestly... That's, it's so it's, hard. It's weird. Right? It's How dare dog. you show? How dare you? Yeah, we're so desensitized. And that was the least graphic scene in, in that entire episode. You just with saw the Peter, I mean, we see his entire head get blown off. Yeah. But with the dog, it's like, no, we're just going to do a really quick flash, you know, and then we're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Poor doggy. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they take him out. They They steal shotgun shells and a shotgun from Susan's home. And uh, Alicia almost gets eaten by... Actually, Travis nearly gets eaten. 
and Alicia nearly gets eaten. Was there a moment for any of you guys where you really thought one of them was going to get bitten? No. Um, I I actually did think that it was possible that Travis was going to get bit. Right. I I didn't. Yeah, obviously this wasn't like it for him, but like I, I was a little apprehensive because they don't quite they they don't they haven't been able to wrap their heads heads around this yet. So I was worried that he was going to get bit and that they were going to have to like keep moving on and that he was slowly going to get right. sick and they were going to have to slowly come to the realization that oh no, this is just like what happened to Matt. Yeah. Well, because that's what I was I was saying when we were watching. I was like. This is a six-episode season. Yeah. Right? We're going to get a whole second season, which is obviously once things really kick yeah, off, yeah. I think this is going to wrap up the first little bit of it. But we've only, we're have only we only a day and a half in, and it's three episodes. Travis could have gotten bitten tonight, and we could have watched him devolve over the next three episodes. Exactly. Right? He could have been the big death in the sixth episode. So you never know. Um, but I, I personally was... I didn't really think he was going to get bitten. No. There's a chance that Alicia got bitten there. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I just figured it, it might be a situation where someone of a lesser character would yeah. have come in and then they would have gotten bit, bitten, you know, to sort right. of sacrifice themselves. But, yeah, I mean, I think it, it was a lot more suspense than anything. I wasn't really expecting anyone to get taken out Well, it looked great. And, and like you said earlier, I mean, what, what great people behind it that none of us were really too surprised that nobody got killed at that yeah. point, but we're still nervous watching that. Mm-hmm. But I was still yeah. like, oh man, like, there, right. there's Susan's feet, like, right. holy <laughs> crap, get out of there. Yeah. And even though, and I don't think any of them, I think they're pretty, most of them are pretty safe for, for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But you still feel that, like, edge of your seat yeah. tension, where you're like, oh no! Well, that's even like when you rewatch a horror movie that you've yeah. seen before, mm-hmm. and you still get nervous, but you know what happens yeah. at the end. Yeah. That That's good writing. I really like when, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm hoping they play on those stereotypes and they flip them around on us. You know, it's, it's it's simple things like not giving us such extreme music to dictate how we're supposed to feel in a scene, but leaving no music or mm-hmm. something like that, or making a character that's supposed to be noble and honorable, like actually just kind of a bad guy, and you don't <laughs> see it the whole time. But I see it going sometimes in that direction, and then there's other moments where I kind of have this, like, come on, guys. Like, the gun-loading scene where Travis walks in, and we were watching, and I was like, he's going to be like, what are you doing? And it's like, and he was like, what are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on. Like, it's not like it's bad, but it's just, I feel like we're so evolved now, I don't need yeah. to see those scenes anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's Or, like, he shouldn't be upset by it, because it's like, dude, yeah. do you... Did you see what happened here last night? Get with the program, man. Well, I think some people, too. I mean, he even said, like, you know how I feel about guns, and it just, yeah. it's it's something that's more than just, I think, the stereotype with that. I think there's certain things where I think in even real life, if somebody's so anti-gun or anti-whatever, they're probably still going to be in the back of my mind, like, hey, put that down. Like it's- and things were fine a day and a half ago. Right. You know? and, and I really like this show, or this episode in particular, because they gave a lot of little drops and hints of, of references of things that have happened, you know, with the deja vu, so we kind of find out about right. the fact that they were all sort of sitting there waiting for the dad to come back, mm-hmm. and then with Travis and his exper- past experiences with guns, so I think that, at least the way I took it is these are all little windows as to how those past references are going to play into their characters in the future, mm-hmm. how it's going to affect their decisions, how it's going to affect their character arcs throughout the rest of the show. So, I mean, I just, for, for this show because you know obviously with the genre like this you are going to have some moments where you're like okay come on that was unbelievable but I'm just trying to take everything that I see now as 
you know, chalk it up to the writing and just say, okay, if they're showing it to us, it's for a purpose, and hopefully it'll play back into what happens with the characters right, in the future. Right. Well, it's not. in the details. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We found out tonight, unless I missed it in the first two episodes, that Madison's husband had died. I didn't. I don't think yeah. we knew that, right? No, we we just knew that yeah, she we, and Travis were a couple. Yeah. We sort of assumed that there was something that had happened with the dad, but we didn't officially get the word that yeah. he was and, dead. And even now, we don't know how he died. Yeah. Yep. Um, it just sounds like he just never came home one night. Yeah. Uh, so that the implication there is car accident, but we still don't really know what happened. I thought mm-hmm. I read on Reddit or another site that it was it was actually a drug overdose or something drug-related. Okay. I could be completely yeah, Somebody off. wrote on one of our comments that they thought that um, when Madison went to the church with Travis and said, oh, you know, something it's reminiscent of the... Yeah, Isn't father. Yeah. 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 It's in his jeans, right? Yeah, so... I want to bring a couple uh, conversations, a couple comments that happen in the scene before we get into sort of the, the crazy, surprising end, end a little bit. Um, one scene happens between Liza... Lisa, Liza, Liza. Right? Mm-hmm. Liza and Madison, yeah. where she, she does the whole, if I turn into one of those things, you need yeah. to take care of me because yeah. he won't do it. Now, totally okay with that. It's fine. If I think about being in a situation like that, you might you might honestly do something like that because the stakes seem very high. Can you really imagine being in a situation like that where somebody pulls the the intensely uncomfortable bond card on you and you would, <laughs> and you would like and you would be like no like it's like I mean she didn't answer officially if, but if yeah. I die. You need to take care of my children. Look, I'm not going to make you that promise. You're going to have to ask someone else to do it because I'm not going to do it for you. No, right? You would always say yes, wouldn't you? Yeah, no. Because, <laughs> yeah, what are you supposed to say? Like, she can't be like, oh, yeah, I'll totally kill you because you seem way too eager. Well, it's the ex-wife, so I would have been, I, I was expecting to be like, okay. You know. Yeah, done. Okay, sure, done. <laughs> I'll do it now for you right now if you need me to. I was like, Travis, you changed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like somebody starts like a, you serve you know somebody's like serving somebody their papers or something like that at a game where you try to get people yeah. to look down at your hand like this. It's like once you've asked them, they're like, ah, shit. God, <laughs> no, you asked me the question. I shouldn't I have come by God. to say hey. Well, and I, and I was saying when we were watching it, I still think that's kind of an interesting scene because I yeah. would have pegged. You know, lies that I have a bigger problem with Madison, and yeah. it didn't seem that way. And that that was also kind of intriguing to me. Yeah. That yeah. okay, mm-hmm. well, why does she seem to be? And then when she said, "I want you to do this," like obviously it wasn't as bad as maybe we had thought. But there's something else still going on there, and we don't know how they got together. Yeah. And there could be so many different possibilities as as to what happened there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more room for Madison and Liza to kind of go at it. I'm sure there'll be yeah. some situations, especially when their kids are involved, but what I really liked is that, you know, Liza, she really tried to break the ice, you know, mm-hmm. saying, I'm coming from you, not as the ex-wife, you know, you're not the girlfriend, and we're just both mothers, so we have some common ground there, Yeah, and we need to just come together. I understand this is an uncomfortable situation, which I appreciate it, because usually that's not how the situation goes when you have ex- people together they have to deal with each other you know usually it's a lot of it's a lot of turmoil it's a lot of arguing it's a lot of you know unspoken energy i mean hatred and you know just unsettling energy there but i really like that they 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 wanted to introduce that right away they're like all right look we are in this together be it the situation is crazy but you know we can still we can still work together and we can still have some common ground. Mm-hmm. I actually think it was a little early to have this particular conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reaching out for common ground when you're getting ready to hit the road that that makes sense to me. But I feel like having the if that happens to me, you need to take me yeah, out conversation. That, that part was it's was it feels scary. to me a little early for that conversation because they're they're still to yeah. an extent really in denial. 
I mean, maybe Madison has come to terms with it by the time we get to the end of this episode. Yeah. But um, but it just seemed like like that's a conversation that happens like way down the line in the zombie apocalypse when you've lost most of your family. But I and think everything. Susu or Susan rather. Yeah, yeah she was. I think that was the trigger for her. I think that was a trigger for it. Was her thinking, "Oh my gosh, her husband's going to come home and see her like this. I can't let Travis experience that with me." So I, I think mean, that's it, where it came from. It's the same conversation as if yeah. I die, take care of my kids. Right. It's, the, it's the same one. Right. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on that before we move on? No, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think they have common ground in the fact that they're both mothers and at this point they have to put aside all their differences yeah. for each other and just focus on their kids mm-hmm. and keeping them safe and keeping and alive. them alive and yeah. if you know if it's in the cards you know them too you know make it out alive but if not if something happens to one of them you know to, to put that sudden trust in each other to take care of it before <laughs> it happened you know it's it's very awkward yeah it, it almost it almost feels like you know uh, Madison kind of just says that to just kind of you know, you know, shut life yeah. up in that yeah. moment. <laughs> you know, like uh, here's how I avoid this conversation. Right. It's the intensely, yeah. intensely uncomfortable bond card. Right? Yeah. It's just it, it works every time. Yeah. She walks um, out. She's like nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so another exchange that happens in in within the house before uh, the, the the awesome cavalry showing up is that. There's an exchange between Travis and Madison in which the line uh, "I'll never leave you again," "I won't leave you again" happens. And we all we all remarked when it happened because it's that's the classic thing is like it's all going to be okay from here I'll on be out. Right like, back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I think is interesting about that line is that it means something totally different right now in the show, yeah. and it means it obviously it means something different than it did at the beginning of episode one, but it means something totally different now than it's going to mean halfway through next season. Of course. Because Laurie in the first season would get so mad at Rick constantly for leaving to go be a hero. More so in the comics, but, I mean, it still happened in the show a fair amount because he would mm-hmm. go off heroing, try to look for people, save people, scavenge. And she would always say, you keep leaving, it's like you don't care about us. Because the more you start to realize the gravity of the situation, leaving is just saying... I'm leaving and I may never see you again. Yeah. So I may have to weigh the option. Is it worth going and being a hero and saving other people if I'm just abandoning you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I think that's very fascinating that they're they're giving us the line now and I'll bet you they give it to us again okay. later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that was... Yeah, you don't really... Uh, you, you say that and you mean it, but I was like, you don't really understand the full weight of how much this is a, something that's not going away. This is a storm that nobody in the world can weather. Yeah. So it's like, those, those words have very different meaning, you know, a couple months down the road. Well, and, you know, when you made the comparison to Rick, he, he was a police officer, he was a sheriff, and and he his job was to help people. So the fact that he does go away, I don't think it was less about not caring about the family. I mean, maybe when they had their rough patch there, um, I think just at the beginning, that was just how it worked for him. Yeah. You know, he's like, my job was to help people, so right. now I'm helping he's people. still wearing his sheriff uniform for the longest right. time. And and Travis, I mean, as a teacher, yeah, you're still supposed to help kids and stuff like that, but I think it's more of a, it's not necessarily a community, it's more of taking care of your classroom and your students, and I think that's closer comparison to taking care of your family and the group that you've made that way, mm-hmm. rather than you know, Rick's job was to put his life on the line right. daily anyways for yeah. other people. So it's just easier for And on the same note, you know, him making that promise to never leave Madison, that could result in him having to leave and abandon Liza and Daniel. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, of conflict there in that, in that bold statement and in that promise. You know, 
yes, you're you're going to stay by by Madison's side, but then does that mean that you're eventually going to have to sacrifice other people that you really love and that you care about, you know, because you made that promise and because you put it out there and because you meant it, because he loves Madison. So, of course, you know. At what cost is it going to come at Mm -hmm. for him? Being so good-natured and and, and kind and, and, and pure and wanting to be there for, you know, for his class and for his family. What is he going to have to lose yeah. in trying to keep that promise? So the tipping point we're talking about, and so just as Daniel says at the end of the episode, good people are the first to die. Yeah. And, and is this even a promise he can keep? Because no. Well, yeah. <laughs> there are no promises in the right. Walking Dead world. Well, no. Um, have, has anybody seen the, the beginning of 28 Weeks later? Yeah. Yes. That, you know, that oh, the dad. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin, Wait, how dare you? I know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, no. It's, it's a great not, scene. Not it's to spoil it for anybody, but yeah, when you're in opinion. that life and death situation, you might make choices that you never, thought ever you thought that you would make, mm-hmm. and you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So whether or not this is even a promise he'll be able to keep is something that is yet to be seen. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. So we do get into, uh, you know, Patrick comes home and he finds zombie Susu. And uh, we <laughs> we think we're gonna get one of these moments where an unknowing person get. Uh, by the way, how did he just like get home from the day at the office Without to come? Knowing, home? yeah, I was totally flabbergasted. Like yeah, how, he, he didn't have he, any trouble when he when he left the airport. Well, no, he said he didn't. He said he drove all the way from yeah. Salt Lake City. Yeah, he said that the, the airports down. are completely shut down, and he drove all the way. He didn't have any problems driving into L.A. He, like, got... He, he like took got some it. back roads. <laughs> well, maybe that's part, part of the reason, too, is, you know, when he's driving back, depending on what route he took, I mean, he's not... Because Salt Lake City, what is that, that's the 15 yeah. that goes up? Up I there, know, but I would think you would have I'm to at sure. least have heard something like here on the radio. Uh, you know, I mean, at this point, I listen to my CDs. <laughs> I mean, but, I wouldn't but have heard you, a thing. You have to, you have to see. Right. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure, though, like Pandora. when I go to Vegas, um, that I see on the sign, like if you go any further, you can make it up to Salt Lake City in you know 500 some odd miles. Yeah. And if you're going that way and you're taking the 15 through the desert for half of it, besides Vegas. You're not. You don't even get a radio. That's when you know pop right. in your iPod That's or true. whatever. Yeah. So he could just be coming back from that, and it was the morning mm-hmm. when he came there. So that means he's driving all through the night. Yeah. So there's n- can't see anything anyways. So it kind of makes sense, especially if it only happened in a day. Did you guys all this stuff was going on? Did you guys find any like small amount of comedy and like? He gets home and he's got the tie and he like I, he like for I me what I was he opens the door he like shuts the door he like starts to turn I, I want him to like look at it and be like like wipe something off the car and <laughs> <laughs> like open the door <laughs> like that was like a yeah. kind of seeing happen Ooh, but, a long day at the office huh? yeah I wasn't like, expecting her to be shot in the head though no that was I, a good, I thought was a good for twist. sure that was going to be the first time that. You know, Alicia was going to see somebody get eaten, and it was yeah. even going to go through her head more. Like, oh my God, this is Matt, and right. even more than it did earlier. So the cavalry shows up. Right. Uh, one of these guys walks in, shoots Susan in the head. Uh, you, we watch Patrick as he's crying and losing his mind, and has no idea what's going on. And uh, and now the national—that's the National Guard, right? We're all assuming because I think we heard on the radio yeah. nine cities have requested states have requested help from the National Guard. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes. This is one of those moments where they hurt everybody, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're still... I, I have my last note, same thing, and you said it earlier verbatim, was very surprised that there's still so much infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to believe that with the number of, of zombies out there now, you would be able to have this idea that you're, it's a hazard crew, you're cleaning things up, and I just, I just can't really imagine it. I don't know, it's just... 
it seemed a little too clean, to be honest. But I guess it's a suburban part of the city a little bit. It's like a yeah. suburban neighborhood. I had that same feeling. I felt like they there wasn't enough hustle and bustle. You know, Madison was just having just sidebar conversations with one of the guys in the back. It didn't seem like they were really ushering people out in a quick way. It was just sort of, yeah, we're going to just mark up the houses and, you know, figure out who's who and, and who's not who and, you know, kind of go from there. But, yeah, it seemed a little... To me, I mean, when they first came in, it was extremely suspenseful. But then after, it just seemed a little anticlimactic for me. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Uh, for a moment, I thought it was we were seeing the opening of The Last of Us. And I'm really glad it didn't go that direction because that got dark very, very quickly. Um, so I, I was expecting it to go that way. So the fact that it didn't go that way, um, I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Relieved, but surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely it took me by surprise, and, and it's funny that they introduced that with just... Did you guys for a second think with the National Guard coming in and shooting that was just the end of the episode? It's strange to me that they chose to give us four more minutes of episode than just to show that happen. Because it, now it sort of feels like that's... like they're, It was almost like a bookend to the, yeah. half, the first half of the season or something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I almost would have rather just had her get shot and the National Guard swarm in and then you just fade that's to black. It. And that's where you open next episode. Especially right. because for the next episode, it looks like they haven't really gone anywhere. It looks like they're all still there. Yeah. So they haven't really been herded anywhere else, too. Well, it, it just goes back to what Daniel says when he's looking out the window. It's already too late. Mm. And to have that be the, the finale of the yeah. episode makes you go... Okay, what okay, does that mean? Definitely something is up yeah. with this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? He's throwing out all those signs that, you know, mm-hmm. he knows more about it than yeah. anyone else. And to say that, you know, it really makes you think, what is going on yeah, with this what does guy? He know? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is he know? There's so much mystery to it. This so random barber. <laughs> I know. Yes, Could he so be cool. related to Tobias? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that would be kind of crazy. I don't know. So, so far with Tobias, you know he has a mom and an uncle. Right. And the rest is, you know, Left who knows? You'd be watching, you would be like, you would discover your long-lost uncle yeah, or right. something as you're watching that'd the episode. Be, that'd be really funny. Um, with with this guy, it's hard to tell if, like, because his daughter just thinks he's being stubborn and proud. Yeah. And he makes a good point of this is, because he, he seems to know that the world is falling apart, and he's like, this is not a good time to be in someone's debt. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's hard to tell whether or not, like, something nefarious is going on or if he's just not wanting to be in in some in like owing something to someone else right yeah yeah it's 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 one one of the thing i was thinking of is it's a very interesting like they cuz they have so much space to tell the story yeah. did you guys remember when the first season came out of of walking dead they did this online supplemental material it was like six i want to say it was like six Little five episodes, minute or, right? yeah they were mm-hmm. super short and it right because they, because Rick early on in the, one of the first episodes, he finds that woman who's halfway in the pilot, yeah, and yeah. he kills her right. in the end. But it shows how she became her. It's very and sad. Yeah, it's not very long, but it's just interesting when you see that was one of the earliest. That's one of the only times they actually show when things went bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just funny to see like this and compare it to that, yeah. and that this is the tone of the show now, and that was the tone of that show then. Still mm-hmm. kind of dealing with the same subject matter. Well, they talked about a little short where they're going to do, and I and having watched this episode now, and we saw the plane kind of going yeah. in weird directions, and they talked about that they were going to bring zombies on a plane for us. <laughs> so I I wonder if that's not a cor- in correlation yeah. to what we saw briefly. That'd be cool. And I, I oh. just to go back to some of the other stuff too. I 
I want to kind of rewatch. I meant to say this earlier with the hospital scene yeah. to see if the person that they were shooting or if any of the people walking by was like the old guy that we saw or anybody else that we may have seen briefly in the hospital. Dead. I don't know if they would have used Wanted that or to notice not. That? Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, any any final? Th- I want to get into predictions because I have some thoughts. Uh, but do you guys have any any final thoughts on the episode before we do that? I have a quick question for yeah, Lincoln. Of course, yes. please. Um, we were talking earlier about kind of what how all the characters are reacting and stuff like that, and I was kind of wondering: is Tobias is the only person he told Madison because he feels like he could trust her, or is, is that something he kept close to the vest? What's going on so that he doesn't look crazy? Because like nobody wants to be Randy Quaid in Independence Day, you know. <laughs> right. So, like, is that how do you view your character that way? That just kind of. Is, is she the only one, is, or is he going to tell another people, and all of a sudden now he's quiet, or how did that work? No, I think Missy's the only one he's told, mm-hmm. because he spent the last several weeks seeing everything online, you know, compiling his research and yeah. trying to put all the pieces together, you know, like a crazy guy with the map on the wall. <laughs> you know, paranoia really kicks in for Tobias, yeah. to the extent that, you know, he goes so far as to bring a knife to a school with yeah. metal detectors, like, come on, like, he's smarter than that, mm-hmm. but he's that scared. Yeah. And he wouldn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. except Missy in that moment, when, you know, she threatens to, you know, <laughs> exile him and, you know, kick him out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he puts a lot of trust in, in Madison, because of how much she's helped him grow and mature through mm-hmm. high school and just you know personally too yeah. you know on an intimate level because she knows about his family uh, you know background and ask about his mom and knows about, a little bit about his family so mm-hmm. she definitely is very much like a counselor like a you know some, like a very caring nurturing figure to her to, mm-hmm. to him and he definitely wants to try to help her in that mm-hmm. moment when the classroom you know the pilot yeah. he's reaching out because yeah. well he's kept close to the best so far, you know, it's not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. He has to try to save the people who matter to him the most. Yeah. And right now that's Missy. Without giving too much away, what are you most excited about for season two? Well, I'm excited to see where all of these uh, characters, you know, uh, transform to into. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing their arcs and seeing where Travis ends up. Is he still going to be the same, you know, optimistic, happy-go-lucky, you know, survivor of doomsday? Is Daniel still going to be this hardhead, or is he going to soften up? Are the kids going to really finally accept what's going on and mature much quicker Mm -hmm. into these warrior-type, you know, uh, roles? Uh, So I'm excited to see the possibilities with all these characters and how far, you know, we get to see them in the beginning of the second season, you know. How much more adapted are they? in this apocalypse because right now everything's going you know it's it's moving quickly some of them are still you know trying to catch up to the rest like Madison yeah. mm-hmm. you know who's already like talking about you know if it happens to me take, take care of it yeah. and Travis is like you shouldn't have done that to Patrick <laughs> you know to, to see those levels to see where they'll be in the beginning of the second season yeah. and then how everything looks too you know, yeah. LA is not going to look the same. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see decomposed Los Angeles right. as we all as we all know it. Um, what do you What do you have coming up? By the way, I, I think are, do you have a film coming out sometime soon? Yes, um, I did a movie a couple of years ago that should be coming out soon. It's called uh, I Am Gangster. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I get to play a bully. Oh, nice! <laughs> oh, so really nice. Kind of the opposite of Tobias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as as an actor, I take pride in the fact that I'm able to really, you know, honestly put uh, 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 an energy into these roles so that you can really 
enjoy both performances and say, gosh, that's that's the same that's the same kid. You know, that's fun for any actor. So mm-hmm. I, I like that I could put on that that hat right. and that mask and then to really be comfortable in the shoes of Tobias. You know, because to some extent I relate to him and I connect with him in the sense that if I saw something that scary, I would definitely try to keep it to myself mm-hmm. until I knew it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now I gotta tell somebody. Yeah. Because this is too much to keep, you know, to myself. I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah. Um, what if you had to name one actor that's out there right now whose sort of career that you're you'd kinda wanna go that direction, who do you think it would be? Oh no, I don't know. Um <laughs> well there are one. there are a lot of actors I admire. You know, growing right. up you know, I've been acting since I was five, four. Yeah. So I've always looked up to, you know, the big hitters like Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro. I guess I'm more old school right. in that sense. It's a good way That's to be. Good, but yeah. I think, you know, while still respecting all of their work and would love the opportunity to, you know, follow their paths, I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. He's great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, The Master. I mean, I've seen that movie like three times in the theater. Yeah. And people nice. are going, are you crazy? Like, are you a zombie? Like, you know. So uh, I admire his work very much. I think he's a great actor. Nice. And... Uh, you know, this is still early in my career. Yeah, I'm very blessed to be in this position to play somebody who is as loved and as uh, you know as exciting as Tobias. You know? well, yeah, I mean, this is The Walking Dead. The, the original show is the most watched drama in the history of cable television. So, yeah. even if this show was to be watched by half that many people, you'd be seen by a, such a ridiculous number of faces. Yeah. It's a crazy crazy place you find yourself in i mean they, it's an it's an amazing amazing opportunity i think it's very very cool it's it's very cool it's very humbling to know that uh the pilot was watched by over 13 million people yeah, yeah. So you know, cool. it, broke the, it broke the series premiere for a cable show you know, yeah it's, wow. it's very gratifying so i'm very thankful to everyone from amc and the producers uh very thankful to my parents you know yes. i couldn't have done it without them and it's a fun ride. It's mm-hmm. a fun ride to interact with the fans because I'm the, I'm I'm a fan too. <laughs> right. That's the most exciting part about all of this is like I am totally team Tobias. <laughs> Absolutely. We're all team Tobias yeah. too here. Well, and you said on your Instagram you'll have another big announcement coming soon. Is that is there a hint you can give? Yeah, to? well just today they, they made it official I will be attending uh, Walker Stalker Con. Oh, Because yes, yes. you didn't make it to Comic Con this, this no, year. No, I, so be... I, I wasn't able to go, but I was there in some spirit <laughs> yeah. via the Comic Con trailer mm-hmm. and my right. voice. You know, it's really, it was very fun to get texts from people. You know, like they're on the floor and they see like my face on the TV from yeah. the, the Comic Con floor. So nice. I don't know, maybe I'll be there next year. But yeah, that's exciting that's to, amazing. to put out for, for who, the Walker Stalker Con. Who do you want to see there? Because you're a big fan of the Walking Dead show. So who would you know? Who would you want to run into out of that whole cast? Uh, well, it'd be uh, fun to have two Lincolns in a room. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just kind of stand there and just see what happens to the room. Lincoln's no, but honestly, uh, Lenny James Morgan. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually met Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, James at a. Uh, at an event a couple years ago when I was working for it and I told him I was a big fan of his work because he's a, he's a very you know well-respected character actor yeah mm-hmm. certainly The Walking Dead is the first thing he's been on but to see him in that in the pilot you know and to know who he is in the show and who he is in the comic books you know I was very excited to meet him and tell him you know congratulations and he's like 
oh, thank you. What's your name? Yeah. And I, and I was like, wow, you're British? And then I said, I didn't tell him that. But I was like, well, my name's Lincoln. He goes, Lincoln? That's quite a handle, you know? So uh, I would love to see him again and see, like, hey, I remember that. He probably doesn't, but um, I respect his work. I respect his portrayal of Morgan. And I think that's the biggest draw to me for watching The Walking Dead. It's a great character drama. Mm-hmm. It's well, very it's very compelling. And a lot of people were comparing your character to potentially being a Morgan where it's like, do we see you in the first two episodes and then do we not see you for a while and then you come back with, you know, a samurai sword and see yeah. helping everybody else. Yeah. warrior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, there's always hope for that. I think at the very least people are expecting Tobias to come back with a bigger knife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the very least. So, hopefully. And more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and more. One final question that I have for you and each of the panelists and for anybody watching. We got to witness a, a zombie house arrest in which a game of Monopoly was played. <laughs> if it was night number one for you and you didn't necessarily know anything other than that there were walking people eating people outside, but maybe it was me cleaned up, you didn't know what to expect. You were locked in a house with two of your nearest and dearest. What would you do to pass the time for the night? Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. We got, we got, we got one. I mean, if I'm picking a game. We got Cards Against Humanity. Who that wants is, to go next? That is literally the game that is placed <laughs> next to where I sit on the couch. So, yeah, probably Cards Against Humanity. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm a dance fanatic, so I'd probably mm. put on some music and just say, we're going to jam but our way through this apocalypse. Out. Dance, dance, She's going to create her music. I have a speaker that I would have charged up already. There and is. Yeah. Prepared, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> just, we're just dancing the night away. Okay. Um, if everything's out, like, you know, communications have failed and the electrical grid has collapsed, um, probably Jenga. 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 Jenga sounds like a good, <laughs> good safe bet. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and especially if I'm with my family. Yeah, I don't think I'd play Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not with the parents. Not with the parents. <laughs> my, my parents, I would. But <laughs> they're more vulgar than I am. My older brother is one of my two probably nearest and dearest, and we uh, have been playing. There's this game from the 90s called Magic the Gathering. I don't know if you guys know about it. <laughs> I, I play a lot of Magic, and uh, and my brother taught me to play when I was a kid, and we both have played for a long time. I think I would probably play a lot of Magic, it would be my guess, because. I don't find I have as much time these days to play for like hours and hours and hours like I'd like to. And so that's what I would do. I'd probably just play magic all night. Playing magic would make me angrier than the zombie apocalypse. Would you be losing? <laughs> yes. That's why I, I used to play with my older brother. I haven't played it in years. I don't even remember how to play. But he always beat me. So I'm like, this game is stupid. I know. <laughs> I know. Game time during the zombie apocalypse doesn't sound like a great idea. Because I'd be competitive and I'd get angry and I'd probably just start looking like a walker. Because I'd be mad that <laughs> I, I lost this crap. By, by, by the time the game is done, there's one more zombie than there was <laughs> before it or started. Or the walker would just come in and just start playing with them. And be like, hey, join on in. Yeah, your turn. Like, yelling, yelling, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we all turn into zombies, I think we should maybe voice our predictions here about yes. this. What's going to happen? I, I have a couple. Uh, one in particular, and it. You're after Buzz TV. Thank you. Those are predictions. Yep. <laughs> um, I believe, still in theme, that with Liza dying. Um, <laughs> No, no, it's, a, it's way more specific than that. Okay. Because because she approached Madison and she was like, hey, we need to support each other. And Madison was like, well, you, I get like that. You need to kill me. Madison's going to kill Liza. Yep, that's what's going to happen. That's a fair prediction. She's okay. going to end up taking her out because of the conversation that happened. 100%. You got a little more weight in there today. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> as far as predictions goes, I think that Griselda 
Yeah. Some, definitely something I think that she'll either will see her get really sick and possibly die. And I think that whatever is going on with Daniel, is that the guy's? Yeah, that's the older guy's game. Yeah, I think whatever is going on there, that'll sort of surface and the cousin will sort of show up. And I think that there'll be a really interesting moment, you know, where he doesn't want to accept, you know, that his wife is now turned. Mm. Um, and so there, there'll be an interesting um you know, just moment for him having to possibly put his wife down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the the military or, you know, the, the armed forces that are there, I think that a lot of shady stuff is going to happen in regards to that because at this point they pretty much have all of the power and the control in this, this suburban area. So I think that, you know, a lot of shifty stuff is going to happen, um, some less than, you know, yeah. uh, legal things <laughs> happening. <laughs> Um, with that, and it might be like kind of a fight against Travis and these guys to protect the family. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's martial law, mm-hmm. and I think that as the series progresses, that like that martial law is going to get more and more brutal. Yeah. And based on the preview that we got, it looks like um, it looks like Nick gets apprehended by the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think where even though we just got the family back together now they're separated again i think that the new mission is going to be to get him back from the military do you think that he's going to be going through withdrawals and the military is going to mistake that for him being getting sick and turning into a zombie possibly i mean they attacked him in the preview so i i think that is a distinct possibility yeah i i actually agree with you with that the only thing that i was thinking is because it seems like that's going to happen maybe when he starts acting up and he gets knocked out, like maybe Travis is going to try to come to the rescue, rescue, and then he's going to get taken for talking back to the police officers um, or military, and so then it's going to separate him and Madison again. But I feel like somebody's going to get taken um, by them, and they are for sure going to be separated based off of an assumption that they're being violent or something's going on, and then getting thrown into a quarantine section with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other. Potential (laughs) walkers. Does anybody think that um, that Alicia is going to run away and try to go see Matt? At first, I didn't because they were hopping into the car and they were going to go. And she's like, "I want to go." But now that they're stuck there, I I definitely think she's going to make that a priority. I don't know anymore because she kind of went to the car and after she saw Susan and she's like, "Wait, is that what Matt's going to be?" I don't know. I I I like she's accepted the reality that he's gone. Well, and honestly, I hope. Even though we're only three episodes in, I hope that they don't keep going back to that yeah. because we all know that he's yeah. probably dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's. I don't think it's worth going back to see that and have her go through all of that again. Right. I don't yeah. think it's a. I think it's kind of a wasted plot point at this. I would agree. Time. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think they're going to explore that. Um, based off of everything we've seen in this last episode, I think. Travis's promise is going to get put to the test. Mm. Maybe Nick mm. getting taken away does compel him to try to maybe go after him, try to save him, and puts you know his side of the family at risk again. Um, very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very good episode. Really good, yeah. So good. But Tobias was right. They should have listened. I predict a very tense game of Parcheesi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. That was an incredible episode. Yeah, I know. We covered so much ground, uh, and I love to have an insight insight from somebody who, who knows you. what they're talking about far more than we do. Yeah. So uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming yeah. by. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. 
After Buzz TV, I really and appreciate where, it. Yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, if they want to check you out. Want to check you out? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Lincoln the Actor, and I'm on Instagram at Lincoln the Actor with underscores in between. And uh, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. I've got an awesome fan page. I try to update, you know, uh, my followers and everyone who loves the show with behind the scenes, you know, tidbits and uh, pics, you know, uh, info. And if anyone's going to be at the Walker Stalker Convention, uh, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, September 26, 27th, nice. I'll be there, and I would love to mm-hmm. see any of the fans. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kristen, where can folks find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both at KristenCarroll13. And I'll actually be covering the Halloween Horror Nights uh, opening event this weekend. So Ooh. watch out for that when if I come out alive. Excellent. <laughs> it does sound pretty scary. I uh, can't wait. Um, my name is Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter at The Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz and Popcorn Talk. And I've started writing articles for The Movie Chick, Chick with Two Ks. Be sure to check those out and be sure to check out the movie chick review sh- uh, news review show on uh, Tuesdays. I don't know what time. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, you guys can check me out on Twitter and Instagram, Ashley underscore Chapman. I also do Narcos 7 p.m. on Sunday nights, so catch me on After Buzz TV as well. Thanks for watching. And my name is Ben Bateman. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I do this show. We will be back here the same time next week. Um, And I did mention that I just did Aliens on this movie show. It's on Popcorn Talk. It's another one of our related networks. Check it out. It's called Action Movie Anatomy. It's my show. I love it to death. Um, I do other shows, but this one is the one I'm most excited about right now. So come back next week and check it out again. Lincoln, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. See you guys next week. Thank you. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.